Welcome to Grace Online. My name is Brian Wilson, lead pastor here at Grace, and it is a joy and delight to come to your home wherever you are. Maybe you're inside, outside. Maybe you're coming to us via phone today because we had some terrible storms roll through our city. I'm glad that everyone's safe, and uh, thank you so much for joining us on Facebook Live and also on Zoom. Today is going to be an incredible experience together. Uh, we are alive, we are together here via this technology, and it's a joy to welcome you to our Grace Online online worship service here today. Let me tell you two things about this worship experience here this morning. One is there's going to be a special kids' message. That's right. Danielle's back from spring break, and so uh, right after our first song, um, she is going to speak to our kids. So if you have your kids somewhere in the house, uh, all of us are our kids, right? Uh, bring them. Uh, she's going to speak right to them and right to their heart. We're going to be a special message for them. Also, at the end of the service, we're going to celebrate in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, communion. I think just like how they did it in the early church, in people's homes. And so, if you have some juice, you have a cracker, you have bread, people have asked me, Brian, what is appropriate? Is a Capri Sun appropriate? Is coffee appropriate? Whatever you want to celebrate the Lord's Supper here, to, here today, I would love for you to go ahead and get, get your bread and your cracker, your substance, get something to drink, and have that ready toward, right after the sermon. We're going to celebrate in that great sacrament, celebrating communion, even though we are in so many different places. We are the church, and Jesus is alive. And so I, I actually believe one of the great ways that we can gather here is through, through God's Word. And so if you're joining us through Zoom, Facebook Live, or, or on the phone, I would love to call us to worship here today, reading from this beautiful psalm, and uh, I'm assuming Isaiah, Isaiah 55, the first seven verses. Hear what the prophet Isaiah has to say. He says this, Come, everyone who is thirsty, come to the water, and you, and without silver, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk. Without silver, and without cost. Why do you spend silver on what is not good and your wages on what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and you will enjoy the choices of food. Pay attention and come to me. Listen so that you will live. I will make a permanent covenant with you on the basis of the faithful kindness of David, since I have made him a witness to the peoples, a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of all. So you will summon a nation, just like we are being summoned to be with the Lord here today. You do not know. And nations who do not know you will run to you. The Lord your God, even the Holy One of Israel, has glorified you. And here is a key verse. Verse 6. Seek the Lord while He may be found. That's my prayer for us today. Is that we will seek the Lord as families, individuals, together as a community, as a city, as a nation. We're going to seek the Lord while He may be found. Call on Him while He is near. He is near. Call on Him and that is what we're going to do here today. Let me begin with us with a word of prayer. Oh, gracious God, we want to seek you today. We call on your name here today. As we gather here, Zoom, Facebook Live, Lord, as we're dialing in on our phones, as we'll watch this later, God, we are here as your people. And we seek you, who is the mighty one, who is a refuge. Oh, Lord, you are near. May you come near to us, wherever we are, wherever we are listening to this, may we know you are with us. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Man, we are so blessed to have a, a tremendous staff and have Brandon with us. And so we are going to uh, um, now sing a song together, uh, a beautiful hymn that has been through the ages um, Amazing Grace, and so we're going to unmute Brandon, and Brandon, you go ahead and lead us now in singing Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace 
sweet to know that God has amazing grace for us. We just want to be this community. It's so important for us right now to, uh, to uh, connect and even more. And I'm just so thankful we have this, this technology and that we're able to come to you today and allow for us to have this worship experience here today. Our, our passage for today, we're still in the Gospel of Luke. We're still in the fourth chapter. We'll, we'll be in verse 41 today. We're going to read verses 40 and 41, and next week we'll, we'll finish out this particular section of Luke. And uh, uh, let me set the scene again. It's, uh, it's a Sabbath day. It's a, it's a Saturday. A Sabbath begins on Friday evening at sunset and ends sunset on Saturday. Jesus has, is in a town called Capernaum. Uh, Capernaum is in an area called Galilee, and it is, it is the uh, home of uh, Peter and his brother Andrew and a couple other guys named James and John who have relocated their business there to be along the shore, and they have this fishing business. Jesus comes into Capernaum, comes into the synagogue. He teaches. People are amazed. They're astonished. Cannot believe. Who is this man? He cast out a demon from someone. We're going to talk about that next week. He cast out this demon from somebody. It's just amazing stuff. And then as they're leaving worship uh, that afternoon, they go to Simon Peter's home for a meal. Like a lot of people do after you, you go on Sunday morning or, or Saturday night when you worship, we, we gather for a meal afterwards. And uh, 
as they go into Simon Peter's home, they, they realize that his mother-in-law, his wife's mother, is sick, has a, has a very high fever. And they go to Jesus. They bring their concern to Jesus. Jesus goes, stands over her, rebukes the fever, and heals her instantly. And then it's night. The Sabbath day is over, transitioning into a new day. And we talked about this last week, that even though it may be dark, the darkness does not mean it's the day is over. It means that there is a new day because darkness is not dark to our Lord. And so we're going we're gonna to pick up there. And uh, uh, something amazing happens right after. In the, middle, me, in the middle of this darkness, something amazing happens in the whole town. And so please join me by reading the words that uh, you'll see on your screen. Or if you have your uh, Bible, uh, Luke chapter 4, beginning in verse 40. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness. And laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them, not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Messiah. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. Oh, gracious God, as we gather here on this day, this is truly the day that you have made. And though that we would love to be one, seeing each other in this place, we can now see each other through Facebook and also through Zoom. We can hear each other's voices there through the phone. We can gather right now or we can gather later, but we are here as your church. We, not, we may not be in one place, but we are one body because we worship one Lord. And so, Holy Spirit, will you come? And in these moments before we partake in the sacrament, will you allow for me to be your servant? Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. We pray, Lord, as we, as we look at this passage, that your word for us right now in this time, in the midst of this season, that you will bring us hope and love and faith. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that I stand here knowing that, I have, that my sins have been forgiven and use me in any way to be your vessel. Allow for the words that I have to share, Lord, if they are yours, speak to us wherever we are. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. We, we read in verse 40, when the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all those who had who were sick, other translations say, with various diseases. I love what I love how Mark tells this, this account. In Mark chapter 1, he, 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 he tells, us, tells his account with a little bit of different, a little different words. This is what he said. He said, the whole town gathered at the door. So Jesus had just healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law. The sun sets, and now the whole town gathers at Simon Peter's home in Capernaum. The whole town, imagine that. The whole town of Capernaum. All their friends who were sick, all their mothers and their fathers and their aunts and their uncles and their grandparents, all their children, they brought everyone to Jesus that, that at night... A healing ministry that breaks out all night long. The whole town, that's about 1,500 people, we think, came to Jesus that night. 1,500 people. What's interesting is they didn't bring these friends during the day, they waited till the sun set. Because it was against the law, to, to, the Sabbath law, to, to do any work, especially healing, on that day. So they waited. 
Everyone waited with, with, with their own care and their own burden and their own concern, and they waited until the sun went down, and then they rushed over to Simon Peter's home. They all gathered, and they all went to, to be with Jesus at Simon Peter's door, Mark tells us. The whole town gathered at his door. They waited, and then they came to the door. Jesus describes himself as the door. In John 10, he says, I am the door. If anyone, if anyone enters by me, they will be saved. In Revelation chapter 3, we see Jesus saying, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and, and, and invites me in, I, I, I will come in and have fellowship with them. I love that. Jesus is at the door of your home. Jesus is at the door of your heart. Jesus at the door of your business. Jesus is at the door of our city. He is the door. He is the way. He is the hope. He is the life. And they waited to bring their concerns to Jesus. Waited. You know the the Hebrew word for hope also means wait. And it also means faith. That waiting and faith have something to do with hope. That hope and wait and faith are all connected. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 39. Psalm 39, verse 7. And Psalm 39, verse 7. Give me a second to get there. Psalm 39, verse 7. This is what David writes. Now, Lord, what do I wait for? Now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. Now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. When we look at this little verse, in the original language, the original Hebrew language, this is how it sounds. Now, Lord, what? Wait. And my hope is in you. Now, Lord, what? What am I to do? Wait. My hope is in you. I don't have to wait. Lost my job. I'm not sure how to continue to, to keep paying my, my personnel, my, my staff. School's not going to start till the latter part of April. It, it may never go back, and, and I'm trying to work at home. That, that I, I can't go visit my parents who are in the nursing home. I, 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 can't, go, I can't go visit my neighbor who, who's working at the hospital, who's on the front lines, because I don't want to get them infected with, with COVID-19. And, and Lord, now what? I just have to wait? And then David says, my hope is in you. In the middle of the waiting... We see his faith, his faith, tremendous faith. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who experienced tremendous crisis and suffering, and but he wrote while while he's in prison, he he wrote these letters. He did one of he did a, a lot of his great work when he was in prison, and in his book, the, the Cost of Discipleship, he he, he has this quote. This is what he says. It says, I am still, this is right before he dies, I am still discovering, I'm still discovering 
right up to this moment that is only by living completely in this world. I'm, I'm discovering that, that as I'm living completely in this world, that that's the way one learns faith. Faith. He says, I leaned, I leaned unreservedly in life's duties and problems and successes and failures and life's experiences and all the things I don't understand. I lean on God. Why? Because in doing so, I completely find myself in the arms of God. Faith. All night, they waited to bring their burdens to Jesus. And when the sun set, they went to him. Faith. Is this a time? Maybe it is a time for us to learn faith. To learn faith. My definition, actually my working definition of faith right now is this. Faith is intensely waiting. It's not passively waiting. I am intensely waiting with Brazilian hope that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. That faith is intensely waiting. I am intensely, anxiously waiting. Now what, Lord, wait? Yes, I want you to wait. But I want you to wait with so much intensity. I want you to wait, Brian, with so much intensity. Knoxville, I want you to wait. Grace Church, I want you to wait with so much intensity, but I want you to wait with a resilient hope that God is going to do what he always does. He is always faithful. Always faithful. Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 14, verse 8, the prophet Jeremiah is reflecting upon God's faithfulness, and he says this, he says, you are the hope of Israel, Lord. You are the Savior in all, in all times of distress. That's an acknowledgement of who God is. God is our hope, and God is our ever-present help in times of trouble. Amen? Amen. But then he says this, then if that is who you are, then why are you like a stranger in the land? then why are you like a traveler who only stays for one night? Why are you like a man who, who seems to be taken by surprise? Why are you like a warrior who's powerless to save? Well, Jeremiah is saying what, what many of us are, are saying, what, what some of us are actually believing but this is who you are, God. You're a God who saves, and you're a God of hope, and, and you're a God who comes to us in all of our distress. Then why do I perceive, why do I feel not like waiting? Why do I feel like, like you don't know what's going on? That you're not answering my prayers. You're not coming right now. I'm in the middle of this Tension, distress, this anxiety. You seem so powerless. So powerless. God's answer, Isaiah 54, verse 10. Write that down to be in the chat room. Isaiah 54, verse 10. God's answer, I am not shaken. I am not shaken. Isaiah 54, verse 10 says this, Though the mountains be shaken, and though the hills be removed, my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. Everything around me, 
everything around me, the, the mountains are, are coming down and there's great distress and in the midst of this intense waiting, I get this word saying, my love for you, it will never be shaken. Never be shaken. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what I am going through now or I'll go through tomorrow or next week or next month, guess what? I, my love for you, the Lord says, will not be shaken. In the midst, in the midst of all this, tra this tragedy and uncertainness, there's these little vignettes of hope. And think about the love not forsaken. I think about this man and his wife. You're going to see a picture up on the screen here. His name is Bob. And because of the COVID-19 regulations, he could not celebrate his 67th anniversary with his wife, Nancy. Nancy has dementia. She has Alzheimer's. And so Bob wanted to show his unfailing love for his bride of 67 years. And so Bob got in his walker, and he, he, he made this sign. He got a heart, and he got some glitter, and he, and he got some balloons. And he sat outside her window, and he held the sign, and he says, I love you. 67 years, and I still do. Happy anniversary, Nancy. And there's a picture of, of Nancy with her face up against the glass. And she's looking down at Bob, and, and Bob has a sign, and he's looking up to her. He was showing his unfailing love that no matter what the circumstances are, his commitment to Nancy was unfailing. That's a picture of God's love for you and for me right now. I am committed to you, the Lord says, no matter what. I love you. In Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2, the Lord says that we are His. He says this, Fear not, for I, I have redeemed you. I have summoned you. I am with you. You are mine. He says, I've summoned you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. No, the flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel your Savior. I love that. For some of us, we are in the water, we are in the river, and the water is rising. For others, of others, we are in the flames, and they are getting really warm. But God says, I'm with you. I am with you in the water. I am with you in the river. I am with you in the flames. And so fear not, because you are mine. What a great word for us now. That's what faith is. Intensely waiting with resilient hope that God is who he says he is, that he is our deliverer and he is our savior. I've been thinking about this, that, that fear and faith both speak about the future. 
fear and faith both speak about the future. And in my life, in the last week, I feel like fear has been running with faith. And sometimes faith gets ahead, and then fear tugs on faith and pulls it back and then slingshots ahead, and then faith catches up. I feel like I have this tug in my life between fear and faith and fear and faith. Luckily, I was able to reach out to a friend to help sort this out for me. I don't want to live by fear. The Lord says, fear not. I want to be a person of faith to know that God is unshaken by all of this. I want to have a unmoving, unwavering hope in the midst of this season. And he helped me realize some things. That fear and faith happen to do with the outcome. Fear and faith happen to do with the outcome in the future. That we have these desires. And we know, right, what the Bible says, God will grant us all of the desires of our heart. And so we have these, these desires, but we also have these emotions. And so we take a desire and we attach it to emotion and, 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 and emotion, and then we attach that to a desired outcome. And so we started off this year in 2020, and we had these desired outcomes for our business and, and for our nation and for our city and for ourselves and for our children and for our families. And so we had these desired outcomes, and we attached emotions to them. And we said, this is where I should be right now. This is my desired outcome. And so what we do, and what I found myself, and I had a journal about this, was that I was praying to God that God would bend his will to please my desired outcome. That I was saying, God, you are mighty, and I know you never forsake me, so I need you to do this. And so I was trying to control God. I was trying to take God, bring him down from heaven here, put him in my hands and say, I need you to deliver this. And I started, I started to see that God was not going to deliver that. And so that's where I found my source of fear. That I attached my emotion to a desired outcome. But that's not faith. And that's not the goal. And I don't think that is why we're here right now. I wrote down, God is enough. God is enough. God is good. God is enough. I realized that the goal of my human life is not for God to do what I want Him to do when I want Him to do it. I realized the goal is God. Is knowing Him. Is being in His presence. Not the presence of Him delivering some outcome, but the presence of just being with Him. Lastly, I'm learning from Moses with the help of Ruth Haley Barton. Moses is one of my biblical mentors. I turn to him on how to pray, sometimes how to, how to lead. I really connect with Moses. But there's something that's always bugged me about Moses and his relationship with God. is that God did not let Moses go into the promised land. Here was a man. Here was a man who did remarkable things, led the people of Israel into the wilderness, and they met with God, established a tabernacle. He, he communed with God. He saw God work in amazing ways. But then God did not allow him to go into the promised land. And I've always wondered, why, God? Why? With the help of Ruth Heavy Bard and I have, I think I figured it out. She helped me figure, figure it out. The destination is never the promised land. The, the destination is the presence of God. For Moses, his destiny was not leading people in 
to the promised land. His destiny was being with God in the presence of God. Of knowing that God was greater than the promised land. God is greater than this virus. God, being with him, is much greater. Knowing him, knowing who he is, and being in his presence, is much greater than the promised land Moses is teaching me. God became enough, so much so that Moses was okay with not going to the promised land. He, he says, in Exodus 33, verse 15, he says this, if your presence, Lord, does not go with us, then don't make us, then don't make us go from here. He knew that life was all about being and dwelling in the presence of the Lord. It wasn't about going to some place. It wasn't about doing all these things. It was about dwelling in the presence of God. It was knowing that God is enough. I think that is faith. Faith is, is waiting intensely, knowing that God is enough. And so we can have peace right now because God is enough. He is with us. We always say at at Christmas, that one of the beautiful names of Jesus is the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God hasn't abandoned us. He is with us. He came to be with us. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus says, I now to need to leave the go to be, the, be with the Father because I'm going to give you someone that is greater than me, and that is the presence of the Holy Spirit. You are not alone. We are not alone. God is with us. His Spirit is here. He is ready to receive you. And so everyone waited to bring their needs to Jesus. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Bring them to the Lord. Maybe today is the day that you bring your life to Him. That He has shown you that, that, that you've actually lacked faith. And you've lacked hope. And you've tried to, 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 to control God. Maybe today is the day to say, God, I want you to be God. And I want to declare right now that you are enough. You are enough. No matter what happens, no matter what may happen after I finish listening and watching to this, no matter what may happen, you are enough. And that enough brings me great joy. I think that's why God gives us reminders. He gives us visible signs. That's why today, on this day, we're going to celebrate in the sacrament of communion. And so I encourage you right now to grab a juice, grab a drink, grab something that you have, ear, have earmarked for communion. Grab your cracker, grab your piece of bread. Good job, way to go. Great job. Oh, I love seeing everyone. That's awesome. God's given us a sacrament. A sacrament is a visible sign of something we can't see at times. Hope and faith. The Lord's given us these, this juice and this cracker. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, He transformed these, these elements to be the very body and blood of Jesus. According to Scripture, the night our Lord was betrayed, He took bread, and after giving thanks, He broke it. 
And he, and he gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner after supper, our Lord took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant sealed by the shedding of my blood. As often as you drink from this, do this in remembrance of me. For my friends, as often as we eat this bread and we drink from this cup, we proclaim the saving death of our risen Lord until he comes. He is coming. So right now, we're going to celebrate in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. If you are with someone else, it's just follow these instructions that I will give. We're going to follow in the form of, um, we're going to take the bread first, and then we're going to take a sip from the cup. So hold the bread out and simply say this. This is the body of Christ given to you. Offer that to one another and eat of that. Good job. My friends, this is the cup. The cup of salvation. Poured out by the blood of Jesus for the remission of your sins. Drink of it. Know that you are forgiven. Great job. A beautiful picture of, of us ministering to one another where we are. Even though we cannot be together in one place to celebrate the beauty that God is with us here. And so please join me in prayer. Oh, gracious God, we need you now. Help, help. We're trying to take it one day at a time. We're trying to figure everything out. And we know the scripture says that when we lack wisdom, that we go before you and we ask for it. But we're waiting, and we keep waiting. And the waiting turns into frustration. We don't understand, but right now, Lord, we do know. You are alive, and you are with us. That we are not shaken because your love for us is unshakable. That you are with us in the fire, that you are with us in the river, that you are with us, Lord. And that that night, as the sun was setting, the whole town brought their needs to you. Lord, we bring everything to you now. We bring everything to you now. We bring our nation. We bring our world. We bring our medical doctors. We bring those in the front lines. We bring our parents. We bring our, our business leaders. We bring our elected officials and both of our mayors here in Knoxville. God, we bring this community of hope, of grace. It's amazing what you are doing. But God, we need your provision. We need a sign that you are with us, that you are enough. And thank you for your presence. Here today, we have partaken of this bread and this cup, and we know that you are with us. And so bring peace, O oh Lord. Let us know that you are our Savior. Lord, continue to have your way and work in our midst that we can be the people we can be people with resilient hope, intensely waiting, knowing that we will never be shaken because we have God. God has us. Lord, thank you for this time. 
We ask all this in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray by saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is a kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen? Amen. With all, we close the service with two beautiful songs. A song that has become very near and really dear to us during this Lenten season. See a victory. That is what we want to see. That's who we worship, a God who brings us victory. And then we will close with the doxology. But don't, don't click off after, the, after the, the doxology. I have one final word for you, very important word. Brandon, go ahead and lead us now in singing this beautiful song.
Amen. 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 Thank you so much for being with us here on this Sunday. Thanks for wherever you are, Facebook Live and Zoom, or if you're watching this later, or listening to us via your phone. What a joy it has been to, to come to your home today. Thank you for inviting us to be part of your life. I want you to know that uh, we, are, we are here throughout the week. We're here to serve, to pray with, to meet any need that you have. We are in this together. We will get through this together. It's amazing as your as your lead pastor to see how this church is coming together. I expect a great week. I expect tremendous stories. Continue to to chat people up in the chat room. Take a picture. Send it to us. We'd love to see how you experience today's worship. Also know that you can always find us on our website or email us at info at gracenox.org. Go there to find great resources, ways to help, ways to serve. We are the church of Jesus Christ, and the Bible says that the gates of Hades will never defeat us, will never destroy us. We are overcomers in Christ Jesus. My friends, I, I send you out with that blessing today. That the Father who raised his Son from the dead, who conquered all of death and, and all of destruction, all of evil, who has given us the Holy Spirit, that same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that same Spirit that lives in us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you, walk with you, encourage you this week, this day, this hour. Go in peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Have a blessed, blessed day.